0: This is episode 61 of the Deeper Than Work podcast, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the tragedy of adopting a failure identity, and I'm going to be joined by a special guest who I cannot wait to introduce you to in a second. Now, if you're someone who struggles with limiting beliefs, with thoughts of not being good enough, with thinking that you're an imposter... This episode is really going to help you dive into the thoughts that are coming up for you and how to deal with them, how to navigate them so that you can nip them in the bud and go after everything that you deserve in your career and in your life. Before we get into the episode, though, I want you to be aware of my debut book that will be coming out in just a few short months, and if you want to join me on the journey, if you want to come into my inner circle and get all the -the behind-the-scenes tea, help me determine what my subtitle should be, help me choose my book cover, and really just support through this process, then you can go to yourcareergirl.com slash book. All right, let's get into it. This is Deeper Than Work, a podcast that specializes in real career talk for real career women. Join your host, Dorianne St. Fleur, as she shares practical and actionable strategies guaranteed to help you become the corporate powerhouse you're meant to be. episode we are joined by career and business growth strategist EC Joby. she's a wife a mom and the founder of Powerful Women Make Power Moves which is a community of black millennial women determined to win in their careers and their lives EC has helped hundreds of Black women identify and secure their dream jobs using authentic networking and strengths-based career exploration. I am so excited for this conversation that we're going to have today. So without further ado, let's get into it. I am so excited to have our guest today. Uh, EC, thank you so much for being here. We're going to dive into our topic um, today, but before we do that, if you can just give us a brief intro into who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Dorian. This conversation is going to be so good today. Um, I am EC Jovi, Joby, and I am a business and career growth strategist. I work with Black women and women of color to help them land their dream jobs, build their dream businesses, and live rich and fulfilling lives. I am based in DC, married to the wonderful Jacob, and I am mother to Ava and Sarah.
0: Awesome. I'm so excited to have this conversation. And you and I met years ago, actually. I was like one of your clients in the whole business Mm -hmm. uh, space when I was really starting out. And we have just built a relationship since then. And we talk about any and everything. And I love having conversations with you. And so when I saw you do the live that you did the other day, about wins versus losses and losses and how we are internalizing this whole process you and I have spoken about it since and I just was like you know what this needs to be we need to get this out this message out to the masses yeah and so that is why why we're here today and so um just a high level overview of what I saw when you did the live you were just talking about the fact that as Black women, as high achievers, women who are in our careers, in our businesses, doing our thing, there's so many wins that happen, so many accomplishments and accolades and all of this, yet we tend to ignore all of that and focus on the losses, focus on the things that didn't go well, the delays that happened, the things we were told no about all of this stuff. And I want to start with just talking through why do you think that is? Why do you think we we focus on the losses versus the wins what's happening when we do that let's just dive into the, the 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 first part of that that whole conversation
1: yeah it's really interesting you know we don't value things that become common to us and we don't realize just how much we're winning and because we've gotten used to winning whether or not you think you have or not which we'll break down further you place a much lower value on the great things happening in your life and happening to you and going for you, than you do the bad. Like someone can give you a compliment and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But if someone tells you they did not like your hair, your outfit, that's it. You can't think for the rest of the day. There are two very similar equal statements. One I like, one I didn't. But literally ask yourself, well, why did the negative statement completely throw me off. And I just think we are in a sense almost ungrateful and we have created and live in this space where it's normal to be ungrateful for just how much good is happening. And that just causes us to magnify the bad. I also think on the flip side, we place an inordinate amount of value on negative things that happen. And it's interesting to ask ourselves, why does failure impact us the way it does? And I think one major thing is when bad things happen, we ingrain them into our identity instead of understanding something negative happening is something negative happening. But when something bad happens, we take that and it translates to I am a bad person, I was let go. I am not worthy of a job. So that's why it hits a bit harder. Oh, you don't like my outfit now becomes I am not beautiful. I cannot dress instead of a, well, one, you didn't like that outfit. That's just your taste. Or maybe I just, my my taste was off today. I wasn't looking that great. Right. It's just, we are not able to separate failure and, and negative happenings from who we are. So that's why it hurts. And hits harder. I think those two things in gratitude and, um, grafting the things that happen into our identity.
0: Wow. You, you just, wow. You just said so much. The first part about basically what you're saying is we're so amazing that we got desensitized to our amazingness. That's it. It means nothing. Yep. And yep. so because the, the losses don't happen as often, which is very telling. Listen to what we're saying. Yes. You are so amazing. Yeah. You win so much. Yeah. And because these losses come so few and far between, we don't know how to act. Mm we're like, what are we doing? I must be horrible. I'm just not, I'm not used to losing. So this is a horrible thing. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's rooted in that ungratefulness and desensitization and not just realizing how amazing we are. That is a whole topic just in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's so deep. If I even think about the women that I work with, we go through this, I, this process where they outline their receipts. They talk about what they've done in their career and we just list it all out. And every single time, a hundred percent of the time that we go through this process, they're like, I didn't realize how amazing I was. I totally forgot that I did this. And it's like, yeah. And so stop walking around here thinking that you're basic and that you're average. All of this amazing stuff is happening. So that really, really resonates when you talk about we're just not we just so we just so much is happening. It's always so good. We get desensitized. We become ungrateful. And then this idea of failure. And I talked about this in a previous episode about the ability to hear and understand what no means, what, what Mm -hmm. failure quote unquote means. And we definitely, we, We, we don't know what it means. We think it is us. We think we are rejected. We are not good. That's not what's happening. Like you said, maybe you just did not like this specific outfit, or maybe this project that I turned in wasn't my best work, or maybe you you are just misguided and you can't see good when it slaps you in the face. So you don't know how to value me, but that's not about me. That's not about making me a bad person. That is so good.
1: And it's, it's important, it's important because, you know, I'm a Jesus lover, you're a Jesus lover. And one thing I was talking about this morning on Instagram is like, Jesus is like the first high performance, career, life growth strategist, peak career coach, because literally when your confidence in who you are is in something higher and in something that doesn't change, you've won because your career will change. Your, um, the amount of money you make changes. But the issue that we run into is we change as life changes. And I don't just mean like we grow. You know what I mean? Where we put our greatness, where we put our value, it changes with what people say. If he says you're great, you're great. If he says you suck, you suck. You don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are. Because if you did, you would be able to take feedback. Like let's say you you didn't do well on a project. Growth-minded people They're always open. Like, okay, feedback. How can I be better? We don't think we've arrived. Okay, da-da-da. But for me to now take that feedback and create an entire case around my personhood and who I am, that is extremely tragic. So when you are not grounded, you haven't done the receipt work, which is what we do with our women. When you don't, if you're a believer, read that Bible and know who God calls you and whose you are and what you are, then you will be blown with every compliment every piece of feedback, every which way of the win. And you will come up, Dorian, we work with women who have been working for 15, 20 years, and they're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm severely underpaid. And you have let people suck the value in life out of you because you don't know who you are, who you are, and you're not grounded in your values. So we need to learn how to process failure, how to process rejection, how to process no's, and every single thing for me, I'm like, there's a lesson here. I could have showed up differently, or that person misunderstood me, or I didn't put my best foot forward, or I'm not articulating my value. Listen, another thing is we need to stop putting the onus on others you got to teach the world how to treat you. If you can't articulate what you've done, the value you bring to the table, Bob, Bill, Mary, Sue, even your girlfriend, Samantha, they're not going to be able to do it. If you walk in the room with low self-confidence, it's a, you're sending out a bad signal. That's how you treat me. So some of the failures and the, and the things that we have struggled with in life is, Sometimes because of what we put off into the world and our inability to articulate our value. So it's, it's very layered. But what I really want to say with this piece is you've got to know who you are. And even when you get a compliment, it should be like, oh, I already knew that. But thank you. Because even the compliment doesn't make you. Because if the compliment makes you, the feedback will break you. It's the same thing, right? So we're not allowed to be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that negative thought. No, you have to do the same thing. The way you process feedback has to be, I know who I am. Okay. This is negative. Okay. That's not who I am. Oh, I could have done a better girl. Did a, this is positive. Yeah, you're right. This is who I am. It confirms what I already know. So I think that's just so important. Not actually being swayed by both the good or the bad, which I think is a very complex, big conversation, but it's worth having so that we can have our peace of mind.
0: Love it. Love it, and so let's talk about that. And so we 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 talked about this topic of you know focusing on the losses. We're ignoring the wins. We're not being grateful. We're not showing up in the way we need to show up. We we saw that. What are some concrete ways that when someone is focusing on the losses, when they don't understand how great they are, when they are easily swayed in either direction with feedback that they that they get that they get, how do they show up in the workplace? What do they do? What is how does this manifest? How can you tell when you speak to someone that, you know, you're not you're, you're focusing on your losses. You don't even see just how
1: amazing you are. Wow, man. It shows up in so many ways. One, even how they carry themselves. Lack of eye contact. You're in interviews and you're jittery and you're shaking and you're not still. You're not poised. That's one way I can actually physically see it on someone. Um, you can also really tell that someone is struggling on their failures by the language they use. They're constantly always taking jabs at themselves because they're like, if I make the joke first, if I say it first, it'll clear the air because I don't want you to say it before me. And it sounds insane. Like this is what people do when they're in middle school. Right. Oh, let me talk about my jacked up haircut before you could join on my jacked up haircut. And so there's a way we talk about ourselves. There's a way we reference our projects and the work we've done. There's a belittling. There's always a contracting. So even when you're interviewing or when you're having conversations, oh, and someone's like, oh, didn't you work on a project in the food space? And you're like, oh, not really. Um, It was just, you know, I just did some some quick paperwork. It, It wasn't really anything worth thinking about. So there's always this contracting of self because they're like, oh man, I don't want someone to find out that I'm not really great, even though you are. So it's, it's man, people really struggle, Dorianne, with this piece and they, they use a lot of demeaning language and it's subtle. Cause no one wakes up in the morning and goes to their boss and say, well, I suck, why'd you hire me? But you're constantly saying things to cause yourself to contract and look small. So that's a major way I see both in body language and the words people use to describe themselves.
0: And it's so interesting, this topic about language and wording. So I talk a lot about not ascribing to the stats and the narratives and the things that are out there yes. specifically with Black women. So we hear we get paid, you know, 64 cents on the dollar. We hear that when it comes to the C-suite, by the time, you know, I think uh, women of color are 18% when in entry level. And then by the time it gets to C-suite, we're at 3%. Like we hear all these things and it's true, but we then take it on. And so, Oh, see, I did get the promotion. So that's, that was right. I yeah. am going to hit the glass ceiling. Oh, I do have imposter syndrome. Oh, I am less than, Oh, yeah. women of color will never survive. And co- we just start to just take on yeah. all of these narratives around it, around all this stuff. And think about how someone who thinks I have imposter syndrome, how do they show up at work versus someone who's like, okay, I didn't get that promotion, or something happened, or I'm feeling a little uneasy, um, but what can I do to close those gaps? How do those two people show up at work? They show up completely differently. And so we have to be careful about how we process, back to your point, how we process losses, because these lies will have us out here taking on these narratives and calling ourselves, and oh, I'm an introvert, and since I'm so bad at, um, Networking, it's because I'm an introvert, I can never uh, get out yeah. of this, or yeah. because I feel a little nerves, which we're human, we feel nerves when I'm doing this. I must have imposter syndrome, so now I need to shrink even more. Yeah, really be careful about how you what you, what you say about yourself and how you process all this.
1: Listen, Dorian, people I don't know, this might get me some hate. People have built more personal prisons for themselves than anyone else could have. I mean, let's just talk about it. I have a, a coaching program. Listen, we don't do victimhood in our program. I am a black woman. I'm You know, my parents are from Nigeria. I came here around five months old. We struggled all, name it the story. But this concept of like me against the world, the narratives that people are buying into, listen, I always tell my woman, it only takes one person. Let me see one person um, build a plane. I can build a plane. It only takes, oh, let me see a black woman and she's a CEO. I could be a CEO. And if there isn't one there yet, okay, I'll just be the first. What's up? It's, it's just one plus one equals two. Because it's that growth mindset. It's that positive mindset. And I've broken free of this prison of victimhood. Oh, I can't do it because it, da da da. Because what you believe is what will actually happen to you. Because you and I always talk about this. You're subconscious, your mind, your body, your spirit, they will work together to produce whatever you tell them. So it's always like, we're not good enough. That's why we don't get interviews. Then guess what? When it's time for an interview, the inner voice is going to say, don't forget, we're not good enough. So when we go in this interview, we're not going to do that well. And then you come out and because society, and I'm going to just take it there. Sometimes society will tell you, because it does happen, right? Black, not black people, people are racist. People discriminate. But this is what I always say. You're going to have to tell me and the women I work with to our face. It's because you're black. That's why we don't want to hire you because everything else is so popping. The interview we slayed the, the extra, we call it a golden um, golden case file. We bring in like a special project. We slay the, the informational interview, the connecting we slay. There is no reason why you will not hire me because everything I've said, I've done presents like I am your choice.
0: And even if I'm not, I think the key here is, this is so good, the key here is, and so I'm going to do all this stuff. And even if you don't choose me, yeah. that is not a reflection of yeah. me. Yes. I did not lose. My whole career is not now negated. Yeah. I don't need to now put the whole, throw the whole thing away. I don't got to yeah. do that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, for whatever reason, maybe you were racist. Maybe you, someone was better. Maybe this yeah. is not my time. Maybe... And, I talk, about funny. and I talk about no, right? Maybe it's, this is protection. You should not have gotten that job. There's so many reasons why. And it, when you focus though on oh, this loss happened, I suck. Now I'm gonna not look for another job for three months. It's just like you're doing yourself.
1: You're a doing yourself place. a disservice. Disservice. And that's why this concept, you know, in my um, live, I talk about how insane it is that we win hundreds of times a day. Like even the fact that your molecules and cells are working together in harmony so that you can see, think, move, kick, walk, eat. Like those are wins. We are winning on a molecular level. On a person-to-person level, the fact that you texted someone today and that person was on the other end, like that is a win and our wins are multifaceted. And if we would sit down and think about the totality of our wins in just one day, it would shift the way we see ourselves and we would understand we were actually born winners. We are actually winners, that things that happen, happen to us. They are not who we are, like your natural factory setting when God put you on this earth was a winner and then things happen to you right but then you would be silly and I tell the women this stop agreeing with the enemy of your soul the enemy comes to tell you you're dumb and you're like yeah I'm done you invite him and they always laugh and I say this you invite him for tea and cookies let's talk you dumb you right I am dumb remember that time you failed that test in um in senior year that's why you didn't get that internship you right that's why I don't get that that's why I don't get stuff remember that time um, on your first job when you forgot that project. Yeah, I told you it was done. You're right. I am done. Like you will have an entire, you will go through your entire life. You will think about the six, seven, even 15 times you jacked up. Let's just say it's 15. You will sit there and dialogue with the enemy of your soul. He will drag you down and you will come out and be like, yep, I am a fool. Remember, I've had women in my program tell me my first year on a job, I did this. And because of that, I can never, I said, are you crazy? But that's the enemy of your soul. And that's what he likes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have to stop agreeing with the enemy of our soul. And I told people, you have to get violent with it. Like when the thoughts come, and I was telling some young girls, I was teaching Bible study yesterday, the thoughts are going to come as a whisper. The enemy's going to be like, girl, you're done. And you have to be like, I am not like, and people be like, are you okay? I'm great. Because what he likes to do is this, you know? And and I could just see the enemy being like, shh, you're so loud. Because he knows if he can get you in a dark, quiet place, he can manipulate you. He can speak over you. He can gather all these quote unquote, you know, ideas from all these times you did bad things. He's not going to talk about the good. And then once he corners you and he whispers it to you, then he can manipulate you and you come out of the dark room like, okay, yeah, I am. I'm not good enough. But if you get loud, he's like, you're so loud. Telling everybody our business. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes just getting practical. You just got to get loud, like in your house. You get an email from somebody. You're like, okay, I need to respond to this email. I'm going to calm down. You know, they didn't like this work. And the thought comes, maybe I'm not worth it. I am totally worth it because last week I turned in a bomb report. And we slayed that, like, don't try me. And then you're back to your email. So I know I just got really crazy and loud, but it takes that some time. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got to c- catch them off guard.
0: I love this, and so we. I talk about this as the inner critic, and I have I have my clients name the inner critic and great. Like to speak up. Mine is called Natasha, and I will throw my hands up. Not today, Natasha. Listen, oh, no, you not. Like yeah. I really, like, it's not. And I think it's important one because it helps people. It helps us to separate it. Those yeah. lies about yeah. oh, you was dumb, or what you did? That's not you. Like you said, your yeah. factory setting is amazing. That is not that's you. Is. And so it's really important that you separate it and you understand this is a lie. This is not me. It is from the pit of hell. It is not this. My inner critic is not cute. That's not something to play with. And you have to speak up and boss up against that. I think that's really important. And then it allows you to just really begin to like, yeah, speak back, speak up. Like it is, this is so, this is so good. That factory setting thing was a whole revelation for me. Like we are literally We are created to be amazing, to walk in purpose, to walk in calling, to know what it is that you are put on this earth to do. And then we let these things. I remember when I was laid off and up until that time, I'd been working for like six, seven years. I was at a a, a top notch company, promoted at that company, internal mobility. Dorian is in all these leadership, like who's the top, uh, you know, top performer, who's a person of color, Dorian and all the things. I got laid off six, mm-hmm. seven years in with all these wins and all I took away from that was yeah. that I suck. Yeah, look at that. If you was really a top performer, you would have never got laid off. It took yep. me 13 months to come out of that into, not even come out of it. It took me 13 months to even get another job because I spent most of that time so depressed about it. And I talk about it and I'll link to that episode where I I talk about my layoff journey. And then it took me even more years after that to unlearn those lies about who I was Mm -hmm. and what off of one
1: loss in a whole
0: career of six, seven years so far, I had one loss and now I suck and throw the
1: whole career away because Mm -hmm. of one thing. And see how much time you've lost. Like, this is why I get so angry about this topic. Like if someone presented us this like whole idea in a case study, we would be like, this person's crazy. But this is what we're doing. We've got to wake up. We've got to get out of this zombie mode where we clock in to work, we clock out. Like we are not present in our day to day. That's why you don't know your wins. That's why you don't know how well you're doing. You're literally going through life. A lot of you are at unfulfilled jobs. That's why, you know, Dorian does the work she does. I do the work that I do. But you're just going through the motions. Wake up. Get a revelation of who you are, whose you are, your wins. Sit down. If you've never sat down and, like, gone through your wins, do that. And not just your wins in the workplace. I mean, we're not even going to talk about the wins that you have as a mom, as a friend. Like, one thing I talk about is I made a mistake with one of my friends. And there was a, a, a tendency. Like, I did something dumb. I said something dumb and I shouldn't have. There's a tendency to be like, I'm such a bad friend. And that mom said, wait, I've been holding her down for six years. We've been doing this friendship thing for six years. I'm not going to let one thing, even though it was a big deal, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to let one thing throw that away. And even if she's not there yet, where she's like with me, I'm going to show joy, show love, because that one thing I did does not define me. Even if I did six things. And of course, in this conversation, Dorian, there's a place for if you have a pattern, if there's mistakes you're consistently making, every mistake you make, every failure, It's good to be critical and look back and not just critical like you're a dummy, you're a dummy. That doesn't serve any purpose. But looking back and asking yourself questions, what could I have done better? Okay, this person gave me this feedback. What was I missing? Stop doing the, oh, they just hate me. No, 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 no. Even if someone gives me feedback, Dorian, and I don't like it, or they say it in a tone I don't like, because I'm so growth-minded and also humble by the grace of God, I can sit down and be like, okay, what did this person see? Is there even 1% of truth let me move the 99% that might not be right and pull the 1% so I can be better. So every single thing we do is an opportunity for us to sit down and say, you know what? That, that resume, it's not them. E.C., you really ain't trying that thing. Let's be real. You're not trying it. But it's easy. And I, I talk about this on my um, Instagram page, too. People will hide their self-sabotage under excuses that sound good. Oh, I'm so busy, you know, so I can't really do this job thing. You guys know they're not really hiring, you know, they're cutting jobs. So it sounds good, quote unquote, but you just, you're just lazy. You don't want to invest. You you don't. Or I'm an introvert. That's why I can't
0: build the relationships I need to get. Or I have imposter syndrome. That's why I can't blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to how this focus on your losses and these lies that you're telling yourself, how that translates into what you say and then how that what you say then translates into what you do. And then that translates into what your reality is. Really, really pay attention. I, yes, the world, there are some racist things in this world in the workplace, in corporate America. Black women, we do not necessarily get, a, not even necessarily, we do not get a fair shake in a lot of instances, yes. And there are people still thriving in this, in this, in this whole thing. That does not have to be the reason why you don't try to give up and you opt out. It doesn't have to be that reason. And so I really, really just, oh, there's so much, there's so much here. So, Ooh. <laughs> Let me get myself together. So, we've talked about all of this. Let's talk about so, someone's listening and they're like, you know what? Okay, I have been focusing on my losses. I have been speaking this negativity and, and kind of ascribing to this. I'm letting my inner critic take over. What are some practical things that, that they can start doing to start shifting and start behaving differently?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, the reason why affirmations, and we've learned this from our coach, Dorian, the reason why affirmations don't work is because You have a garden full of weeds and you're trying to plant a tree and it's getting choked out. It's getting choked out. The the roots from all the weeds are choking it out, choking the seed out every second. So what does this whole process start with? It starts with radical transparency and honesty. What do you actually believe about yourself? You know, I was thinking about, um, you know, I've been trying to lose like 10 quarantine pounds for like four months or something, 10 months, six months, who knows? And I realized the other morning, like, wait, I actually don't believe I could lose the weight. And I, everyone's on a different, you know, health journey, journey. But I had to stop and say, you know what? I strongly believe that working out hurts too much. Saying no to these snacks is too hard. I truly believe that and actually believe that losing 10 pounds is too hard. Because that's what I subconsciously believe. I will never lose the 10 pounds until I break my thoughts. And that's why you see people like if we talk about weight. It's like, I can't lose weight. I've done everything. Okay. So you, you don't believe you can really break free from snacks. So you snack all the time, but you have tricked yourself into believing you're actually doing a good job and the world is against you and there's no way, but it starts with radical honesty. What do you believe in your subconscious about yourself? And it's not until you believe like, wait, I actually don't think I deserve a great job. I actually don't believe I can get promoted. I actually don't believe I'm good enough to be a senior executive. I actually don't believe I'm a good mom. I actually don't believe God wants me to win. I actually, and when you say these truths, they sound crazy, which is why we never want to admit them. What we truly deeply believe, and Dorian, you and I today, we're talking about the depth of our heart. Sometimes it's tough, but your freedom cannot come unless you know the sickness, you cannot be healed unless you know what is actually wrong. So this whole process starts with radical candid honesty. And then what I like to do after the radical candid honesty is find instances in my life where what I think to be true, that lie is actually a lie. So like, oh, I'm not a good mom, but girl, I take my kids to the pool. I give them dinner every day, right? Like, yeah, you might've yelled a couple times, But that is not the totality of your parenting. So when you are able to zoom back and take the emotions out, like just become a fact finder. This is not good. Fact finder. The fact is you clothe your children. The fact is you giggle with them. The fact is that, so wait, I'm actually a good mom. So I like to find instances that tell me otherwise. If I can't find an instance for a lie, then what I do is I'll find someone else's instance. Oh, I can't be a senior executive. They just don't promote black women. Okay, list of like freaking... 10, 30 black women who are senior executives. Another thing I like to do is once I get clear on the lies, I also like to get being a believer. I like to get a Bible verse about it. Cause if God says it's true, I don't care what has happened. It's true. So putting the the real life, like facts plus that Bible on it is huge. Then the next thing I do is I actually start speaking life audibly over myself so I don't do like in my head like girl you cool I'm like I'm a winner I'm going to get promoted it's just a matter of time it's not if it's when like and I speak it with a declarative tone because I'm telling the old thoughts and the enemy of my soul we're breaking up like I tell people you need to break up with these thoughts and narratives and this the enemy of your soul like a toxic boyfriend and the thing about it that people need to understand that even when you do this the toxic boyfriend's going to come back knocking on the door, begging for you to come back because it was really comfortable. The thoughts are going to come. And one thing people don't understand is just because they come knocking doesn't mean you're not free. Doesn't mean you haven't conquered. You have to maintain and fight for that freedom. So you have a new narrative. The old narrative is like, can I come over? Because it will always ask, can I be thought? Can this thought you're thinking be thought? There is a permission aspect of thinking that we don't know. And we're, because we're so like used to thinking, we don't think about it. But when a thought comes, it presents itself. And then you meditate on it. Decide when it presents itself. It does not mean you have lost because it presents because they're going to come. But you're like, oh no, I don't deal with you anymore. And that is when you begin to see breakthrough. And you might have to do it a couple times. And that's okay because you've been telling yourself you're dumb for 30 years. So it might take... 30 days. It might take three weeks. It might take three months of consistent pouring into yourself. And if you fall and you have a day where you call yourself a dummy, guess what? Decide that you're going to win the next moment. Decide that you're going to win the next hour. I'm going to get back up. So those are some like practical things.
0: I love this. And so I talk a lot about our thoughts shaping our reality and I know a lot of people talk about this but they don't break down what that means and I think you just did so we have tens of thousands of thoughts a day like we have a lot of thoughts that go on into our brain and so we can't necessarily as you talked about we were talking earlier just about just other things like when we scroll through Instagram and things that we see it's not that I don't see it right but it's what do you decide to hold on to and so there's the thoughts but then there's the beliefs. And I think that's yeah. what you're talking about with yeah. the meditating on it. And with the thoughts I may not be able to control, but I can control what I believe. And yeah. those beliefs then turn into the decisions that I make. The decisions yeah. turn into how I act. How I act determines into what my reality ends up being. That's what your thoughts becomes your reality means. And we yeah. just think, oh, if I say an affirmation then it'll just change. But it's like, did you, were you honest with what you truly believe? Do you keep, when the thoughts come and you say the affirmation, but then the negative thought, your inner critic shows up. Do you then say, you know what, this is not working or are you committed to continuing to push through? Like there are some beliefs I have, I've had for 37 years about myself about the world about what i can achieve and if you even think about this back to the stats and the things that they tell us about black women a lot of us have been hearing this and believing this since we started working yeah so if this is ingrained in what we think and we believe and again i am not saying this stuff is not true i'm saying it doesn't have to dictate what your reality is. This is true. And there are still people who thrive even in this messed up system. There's yeah. so many things wrong with the world and there's still people who survive. Right. And so, yes, you may be in a situation that's not you know, ideal for you. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. It doesn't mean you have to stay stuck. What are you going to believe about what, how you can change? What decisions will that make, then make you make and so on and so forth. It is yeah. so important. We realize that it's like that 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 radical honesty that you talked about, like a lot of people, you don't truly believe you can make fill in the blank. You yeah. don't really believe you can transition to fill in the industry. You don't believe that you can work at fill in the company. You don't really believe that. And even though you say it, even though you may do some things, the reason why you cannot stick with your job search, the reason why you cannot stick with Doing the things you need to do to
1: network is because you truly don't believe. Yeah, yeah. That you can can have every time. And to your point about thinking and controlling your thoughts, what I was hearing you say is you may not control some of the thoughts that assault you that try to present themselves. Mm -hmm. But what you think about and what you meditate on is a personal choice, and that those two steps are not one. Yes, We have to learn that they are separate, the presentation of the thought and then the thinking and meditating and ownership of the thought. Yes, And then people are just like, well, when the thought comes, I just, I, you know, you, you let the thought in without any fight. Yes. It's like you just leave the door open. You're like, you leave the key to your heart and your mind. Like, oh, you think I'm dumb? Oh, well, here's the key. You back again. Good to see you. It's been a while. Instead of being like, no, no, no. You don't live here no more. What don't you understand? Lose my number. Just like you would talk to a crazy ex boyfriend. Why are you? I'm blocking you. Get away. And not like just because he knocks on the door. Well, all is lost. That's just the first step in the process. Boo, There's still five things they need to do all these things, you know, before it comes in action. So why are you giving up so easily? And I want to believe it's because we lack the knowledge. So I believe people are hearing this. are like, wait, I've been tricked all along. I actually do have a choice in what I think and what I meditate on. And they're going to win the battle.
0: I did a post um, a couple weeks ago where I said something like, um, you don't have to stay. If you're in a toxic situation at work, you don't have to stay. And someone said in the comments, but what about if, does this, does this also apply to someone if they're older? And it was such an innocent comment. Like this person has been walking around carrying that, the belief that if you are older, you just have to settle and you you can't leave your toxic work environment, right? And so while it is true that ageism exists, this is true, right? But how can you switch up your thoughts about ageism, whether or not it will impact you? And I always love to talk about like the stats and the things that are out there, There they're averages. So the average black woman makes 64 cents
1: on the dollar.
0: That that means that there are people who make way more than that and there are people who make way less than that. You don't necessarily have to be that statistic. There is the truth that 9.9% of Black people are unemployed right now, but that means that almost 90% of them are. Why are you identifying with the 9.9%? Like, think about the the thoughts. This this came up. This thought was presented to me that Black women have it hard in the workplace. This is a thought that was presented. Now, as I go through this process, Yes, there have been times where I've had it hard. I'm dealing with microaggressions. This is unfair. Now I have a decision. Do I say this is the way it is? This is the way it will always be, so I'm just going to deal? Or do I say, you know what? I'm going to actively work to either find a new environment that does not treat me this way or stand up for myself in this environment and create boundaries and teach people how to treat me. What decision am I going to make?
1: And yeah. then what do I do
0: from there? That's what I mean about. And That's even true. like the Bible says, you've got to take your thoughts captive. If That's you right. think about what that means, taking something captive like this, it's not a fun thing. You got to mm. arrest these thoughts and be like, wait mm. a second.
1: It's no, violent. you got to get violent with it. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it, E.C. Thank you so much. I feel like this message definitely needed to be shared. If people want to find out more about
1: you and figure out where you are, what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, you can go to becomefulfilled.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram. I love to hear feedback. If you're like, I love this show, E.C., da, 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 just go to E.C. Memon A. So I-S-I-M-E, another M-E-N-A. So just hit me up on Instagram. I love to chat with the people. Thank you so
0: much for listening to this episode. I hope that you were able to walk away with some gems that you can implement in your career right now. If you enjoyed what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And as I mentioned earlier, my debut book will be coming out in just a few short months. If you wanna get on my inner circle so you can go behind the scenes with me until we launch, then head over to yourcareergirl.com slash book. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. This is really how we spread the message and let people know about what we're doing here over at Deeper Than Work. And if you wanna share with me on social, tag me at your career girl. Let me see those photos of you listening to the podcast. Tell me what was your biggest takeaway. I can't wait to connect with you.